It's the musical extravaganza that launches the 80s. It's Alan Carr's Can't Stop the Music. You can't stop the music. Once you see it, you'll know why you can't stop the glamour. The shake, I guess that we missed Pride Month by two weeks with this one. Oh, it's fine. That's okay, though. (laughs) Everybody out there listening, my name's Pete. And I'm Scott, and And these these are are the movies movies that that made us gay! Yay. Very Uh, special episode today. Well, it's very fun. It's been a long time coming. I feel like this has been in all our promotional material. I mean, I feel like this was one of the first images of movies that we would do when we first made our Instagram. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you just got to include it and all that stuff. But, but I mean, uh, goodness, so much fun. Let's, uh, let's talk so a much bit to about talk about what we watched. And why don't you introduce our guest, Scott? We had Jackson Cooper over to watch Can't Stop the Music, released June 20th, 1980, directed by Rhoda's mother, Nancy Walker. Uh, welcome back, Jackson. <laughs> and written Hi, and produced by Alan Carr. Oh, man. Uh, we had a lot of fun with you last time. Great episode. We did uh, Mommy Dearest, and it is in uh, the top ten uh, downloads of our ep- of all of our episodes oh of all God. time. You'll be, you'll be glad to know. But, um, yeah, I think this one's going to be right up there. Uh, Nancy Walker. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
who let's start with Nancy Walker who to direct of the many of the many mistakes of this movie. Let's start first. With Nancy yeah, right. It's one of those <laughs> things that like who to direct a musical about the village people. Uh, then yeah. Rhoda's mother. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, why not? I, I mean, it's interesting because, like, when you watch, I mean, we'll, I know we'll reference the Alan Carr documentary a lot, but yes. I mm-hmm. love the to. tidbit where Alan is just talking to about Nancy Walker on this talk show where he's like, "She's funny. She's a funny actress. She must be able to direct a comedy." Sure. And- <laughs> It'll translate on screen. It's not. It's not true. It's greater, not true. Yeah, greater reasoning. I've. I've never. I've never heard. Of. And do you think it's one of those things that he probably went to somebody like uh, who directed Grease, Randall, Randall Kleiser, Randall Kleiser, and is just like, well, I have a follow up for Grease for you, and Randall was just like, um. I'm making Blue Lagoon right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I can't, I'm good. I can't yeah, fit it my, in. My career's just shot off. I oh mean, my it's, God. yeah. It's like it's like when he goes to Olivia Newton John for this movie. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised Nancy Walker was able to find time in between bounty commercials. Really? <laughs> That's that is where I remember Nancy Walker from the bounty, the quicker picker upper, mm-hmm. just the no nonsense, you know, greasy spoon waitress. I mean, watching her again, watching her again, I remember her from she did a she did a movie. She didn't move. I remember her when she was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was in Mary Tyler Moore, right? Yep, right. Yeah. So I I only remember her from a, in a Lucille Ball movie, and then from. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore. So when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Who? Oh, this is so progressive—a woman directing." And then I right. was like, "Oh, it's Nancy Walker." <laughs> never mind. <laughs> it's like, never mind. I thought it was going to be a, a Mary Heron situation where I was like, "What did she do after this? She must be pretty prolific." And nope, <laughs> not not. Just I Nancy mean, Walker. <laughs> it's a pretty non-directed movie outside of the musical sequences that I'm sure yes. that Nancy Walker did not do. The big musical numbers and also the famous YMCA number. No, not at all. It's very clear that it's um, it's very in the style of the old 30s musicals, yeah. like the Bugsy Berkeley ones, where it was yeah. like they had a separate director um, for the musical numbers and then uh, another, like a real director-director for the the book numbers. But But I was also thinking about this, that, you know, this is 1980, and I mean, the movie musical is pretty dead. Sans yes. Greece, Greece is a is and, a rare exception. Well, and I, and I and I thought too, like there weren't a lot of musical directors around this mm-hmm. time too, because this was yeah. like post New Hollywood. So you know, it was like you get John Huston doing Annie. So yeah. I wonder yeah. if Alan Carr in this like let's kind of revive this musical comedy style was like oh nancy walker she knows the old hollywood she knows this like marx brothers Borschbelt kind of <laughs> yeah. humor like let's get her of course it makes sense but yeah, yeah hollywood was not ready for her <laughs> yeah and nor was hollywood ready in 1980 for uh a movie about a pseudo uh biographical movie about not the village people just village people village i've been people. saying it wrong my sure. entire life just <laughs> village people um yeah it's like the timing they were ju- they were just they were just there like, just they were just it. there I think- and if you and if you look at like there's there's this 
fascinating. I just kept drawing parallels to, and I we're losing a lot of listeners now talking about <laughs> golden age musicals, but right. it was like in the thirties, the musicals died right mm-hmm. after jazz singer in like five years. And yeah. so did these disco movies. Cause like there was car wash and I think yeah. 76 Saturday night fever was 77. There was, thank God it's Friday. Skate town USA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skate Whoa. park USA. And then and then everything died in 1980 because it was this Xanadu, which again Olivia Newton John turned down Can't Stop the Music to do this yeah musical Xanadu, and then the Apple, Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. and then oh, Fame, all in the same. Although Fame did well, but it was like this, yeah, they just came right under the cusp of disco. Dying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just were right after the whole like disco sucks. You know, mm-hmm. movement and the big, you know, bonfire at the right know, at the Chicago field. Park. Yeah, yeah. 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 That I, literally was like July seventy nine. Sure, I saw. It was Man. like, oh my god. Yeah. And it, and it's <laughs> funny too. I mean, there's a lot of funny business going on in this movie, but just you know, when you listen to so much of the dialogue, because it is 1980, and they're very much like it's the 80s. This is going to be the sound of the mm-hmm. 80s. The 80s are going to be remembered for this, and it's like. Eh, Bruce, Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner, which which of course, who is of course Caitlyn Jenner now, but was Bruce Jenner when yes. when uh, this movie was made. He has that line where he's in bed with uh, Valerie Perrine. Valerie Perrine, and and there he's like, it's the eighties. You got to try new things or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. Sure. and I was like, oh my god, lines that kind of is- yeah, uh, you take something a little differently now. Yeah, 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 you gotta you gotta try this whole trickle down economics thing. It's really <laughs> great. It's really fantastic. That's what the eighties <laughs> are known for. Just, you know, disco and, and expanding your horizon. I mean, there's also just sort of this optimism going into the eighties that's very pre AIDS too. Very of that, like yeah. the yeah. sexual yeah. revolution in the disco era is just gonna make for an even better time in the eighties and then yeah, the party kind of stopped after 1981. Yeah. I know it's it is it is it's kind of chilling to watch the movie yeah. again, mm-hmm. knowing that is coming because it's like that this sort of was going to recharge the 80s and yeah. charge it up. And even yeah. Alan Carr in the documentary talks about that. He's like, I'm doing something very important, and then it just it, it went the <laughs> totally different direction yeah. on all aspects, like yeah. culturally, socially, uh, movie wise, like. It totally did not do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been talked a lot about the fact that this movie is like a uh, a biography of the village people. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's village people all over this movie. It's like it's super gay, but is it really? Like, it's actually <laughs> yeah, not that it's, gay. When it's you kind watch of it. like it's kind of like the shark from Jaws. Like in your mind, you think that you see the shark a lot more, but <laughs> and, turns out yeah. it's like twenty seconds. It's almost it, – it feels like a joke, right? Yeah. Like, am I crazy? It feels like a joke every time I watch it. Like, it's, it's a it, – it feels like an intentional middle finger to <laughs> straight heterosexual cinema yeah. when, it, when it's really just, like, it's, it's sincere. It's like, a very Alan wholesome was just story. It's making a sincere movie. It's and, so and, uh, sincere. Kind, it's, of, yeah. kind of like – you know, I mean, I guess that's how – 
time ages it into camp, but it's <laughs> yes. it, it just yeah, it feels like a joke. Yeah, and it's uh, on Hollywood, and it's almost as if all of these characters are wearing their sexuality on their sleeve. That they live in a world where they are openly gay, and they don't even need to talk about it. But then there's this scene. I mean, I know we'll get into the movie, but then there's the scene where they're right before YMCA and they're walking down the street and Bruce Jenner is in the short shorts yeah. and the crop, crop top, top. Yeah. and they're all together and you see people on the street looking at them. So it's like yeah. there's this self-awareness, but then it's like they're in their own world. Yes. So yeah. it's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that not to say that the script has any faults whatsoever, <laughs> But what? But you know the whole idea of the movie. I guess the elevator pitch is like the story of the village people, how they found fame. But they are just pushed to the back yes. burner it, at every opportunity. If anything, the movie would be more successful if the village people were the central characters of the movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Or uh, yeah, but instead, it's about Steve Gutenberg yeah. and, and uh, uh, Bruce Jenner. Yeah, like, that's it. I I always pitch this movie to people. Which number one, every time, every time, every time I tell people about this movie, they don't <laughs> believe that it exists. Sure, <laughs> they really don't. They genuinely yeah. don't. They go, no, that's not a real movie. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's a real movie. Um, and again, shout out to Shout Factory yes. for creating a beautiful Blu-ray so that this movie can live on forever. Um, But the other thing is they go, well, what's it about? And I don't say it's an origin story. I say the village people help Bruce Jenner find love. That's (laughs) that's the pitch. That's the pitch. Yeah. And his character doesn't even come in for like half an hour. Half an hour. Um, Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, But, you know, Steve Gutenberg... 1980 Steve Gutenberg. Oh, he can hit it. In like overall 20, white overalls like 20, and shirt. right? Wasn't he like 20 he or had something to in this movie? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Could you imagine being a car, somebody in a car driving in that Times Square scene in the opening shot and just be like, what the fuck is happening? Why is there I, a no. man in shorty shorts <laughs> roller skating down the middle of the goddamn road? We we do have to say it is a very good New York movie. Yes. But it's very like Borscht Belt humor, those oh my little goodness. vignettes yeah, of these like yeah. only in New York yep, and you yep. get your fingers stuck in the thing. In a phone and no get one pays get robbed by a little I, old lady on a moped. Th- th- which th- those are all just eye rolls yeah. of sequences and it's very clear that those were meant to appeal to like New Yorkers, you yeah. know, isn't this funny? But yeah, Steve Gutenberg skating in Times Square. Oh at my goodness! That time, I was like, this is this is this is movie. This is film. This you, is you know what they were movies. able to achieve in these exteriors of New York is it really reminded me of the way downtown LA was shot in Five Hundred Days of Summer. They sure. made it look yeah. beautiful, oh, which yeah. I like, feel like Times Square New York in nineteen rose-colored glasses yeah. did not look this colorful and bright and sunny. Well, I mean, a <laughs> connection to uh, to this podcast is y'all talked about cruising, which yeah. was mm-hmm. released around the same time and filming literally blocks away from this movie, and that's yep. a very different 
view of New York, Very but you're right. York, it's yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful New York mm-hmm. uh, that that probably didn't even exist during the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My yeah. favorite story with its connection to cruising, two very yeah. different movies that were shooting at the same time that – when protesters were trying to protest William Freakin, they mistook the set of Can't Stop the Music and they disrupted filmmaking. And what did Alan Carr said? He said, no, we're the good gay movie. Go <laughs> sure. over there. He's like, go over there. We're the good, uh, we're the good ones. Oh we're the good goodness. ones. <laughs> I love it. We love cruising on this podcast. I, I love that movie. I, 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 think it's, I think it's a very understated masterpiece i think more people should see it and they would actually appreciate movies of that time (laughs) yeah yeah definitely um but yeah so can't stop the music i mean what was our introduction to this movie because our introduction yeah i mean just all of ours because i remember for pete and i i feel like we had no idea this movie exists and it seemed like overnight around like 2015 we know what we knew what this movie was i think that we were maybe in palm springs at um quads oh yeah and i think that we just saw the ymca number and we were just like what is this like what the <laughs> fuck is this yeah. movie and that's how we found out about it and i want to say around the time caitlin transitioned mm-hmm. this movie became a little more topical too i remember when she transitioned yes you're right people actually or like a, a very small like a few news stories like mm-hmm. brought up can't stop the music and how there's some scenes where, you know, it's a little, you know, it's like, <laughs> you need to, where he's like, just be yourself. Like you're not, you know, he's like, he's like, I feel like you're trying to be someone that you're not. Do you ever yeah. feel that? You know, and, and people were pointing back to like, Oh yeah, of oh, course we man. saw it coming. I remember when I was in high school, I interned at a theater in Durham and the programming director, who's an incredible, incredible uh, person, gave me a VHS of Ishtar. Oh boy! And said, and said, you should watch Ishtar. It's one of the worst movies ever made, but it's also one of the best. And so I watched that, and I came back, and I said, I said, oh, I saw Ishtar. He goes, oh, you should watch this movie called Can't Stop the Music. <laughs> and I don't think he gave me a DVD, but I found a DVD in a used bookstore like about a year or two later and I bought it and I said wait this is not a real thing I was like this who I said who would give money to make a what village people and so I watched it in shock and awe as a high schooler (laughs) and was like what the hell is this because I was number one I I think like a lot of people we don't want to believe that the American movie system made some of the garbage that right. uh, it's made. Right. And number two, I was just like, this is like high production value. Yeah, they and dropped some cash on this. pretty well made. Like, yeah, it's produ- a real like, movie. I mean, it's shot wise. by the guy that uh, photographed Jaws. Oh, that was, that was him? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh he, and he subbed in for directing because Valerie Perrine didn't even want to talk. Yeah, to Nancy Walker. To Nancy Walker. So he had to direct the scenes with with Val. Isn't he isn't he on the documentary like shitting on Nancy Walker like, you know, <laughs> oh, just so much. I think it's him yeah. or someone there's there's a crew member who is just like, I never want to hear Nancy Walker's name ever uttered to me because oh, it was just God. such a terrible experience. Bill but Butler. I just remember and I and 
I remember watching it. I loved it. I told people about it. They didn't believe me. And uh, I would show people, I would show like ex-boyfriends and dates, like the milkshake scene and be like, <laughs> so what do you think? And they, you know, and they would be like, what the hell is this? This is awful. So it was always my test. It's a good litmus test. Yeah, yeah it was a good litmus yeah. test for like, for like, can you get into my brand of yeah. humor sure. and movies? And uh, I and I kept the DVD. I kept the DVD. I still have that DVD copy I bought nice. in high school because it was out of print. Right. You, yeah. you literally couldn't find it anywhere. And um, the programming director of the theater I worked at like wanted to – uh, Randy, who was the cowboy, lived in Durham for the longest time, and uh, the theater had the North Carolina Gay and Lesbian Film Festival for years and years and years. And I remember Jim, the director of programming, talked about showing Can't Stop the Music with Randy doing an intro, but there was a lot of rights tied up yeah. and stuff, which eventually Shout Factory figured out, but it was like you couldn't book it for decades decades and decades because it was tied up i think with alan carr's estate or something like that okay, yeah okay yeah i mean it kind of did fly under the radar for so long and i, I think there's just a lot of kind of reasons but like just the whole village people connection i think people in general like a modern audience is just like that's a novelty band like that that's not real like that i don't know if it's just it's really hard to explain why it's just so kind of like this little secret or just kind of unknown, you know, you don't hidden, think the village people gem. live on like the Beatles and you oh know, you don't goodness. think can't stop the music is the hard days night of the eighties. <laughs> it might be the spice world of the eighties. Actually, actually I think mama Mia two, here we go again is the can't stop the music Ooh, of, of the, the last 10 years. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Well, that's a good segue that I wanted to just kind of do a little rundown of all of the village people with a little factoid that I found about all <laughs> okay. of them. Yeah. So they were created by Jack uh, Morali, and he was a record producer. And Jacques, he's Jacques Morali. Jacques Morali. Yeah. And he's responsible for all the village people that he scouted. Um, the construction worker, David Hodo, he was recruited from Broadway. He toured with Funny Girl in the early 70s, and which makes sense that he was given one of the big MGM musical numbers. Right. What is that song called? It's uh, uh, um, I uh, hang on. Is it I love you to death? I love yeah. you to death. Yeah, yeah. The 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 ABBA ripoff. Oh, okay. Of, yeah. Of, of, of lay all your love on me and uh, <laughs> money, can, money, money. I can I can see it. I can hear it. Glenn Hughes was the leather man, and he was scouted by Morale, and he was just sort of in the leather community in New York, and he answered a guy, he answered an ad looking for macho guys to sing in a group, and they just sort of gave him a crash course in singing and choreography, and he ended up as a leather man. Didn't, okay. the, didn't the ad say, must have mustache? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And must know at least Danny Boy. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you oh will be my. highlighted oh, for Danny three, Boy, so. three achingly long minutes. I think the Danny Boy. I feel like the leather man is definitely the posh spice of of YMCA. <laughs> like they gave him, they gave him Danny Boy. But I mean, really, we it lifts right out. My favorite part of that scene is when he gets on the table and Valerie's look on her face that I can never <laughs> tell is Valerie just breaking character that she's just like. 
what the fuck is going on? And she's almost <laughs> looking off probably, screen at probably. someone. It was probably like, added in last Like She looks like she's Alan. looking at some of the crew that are standing in the back. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, It's like, Valerie, be in the moment. But yeah, how, come on, come on. How is the leather then. man standing on a piano singing Danny Boy the weirdest thing in the room when there's like a fire baton... <laughs> twirler you know a literal a literal flamer comes in (laughs) right after that there's a clown on like i'm freddie the flame or something like that there's a guy with the with the ventriloquist with the ventriloquist doll yeah Yeah. there's a clown on stilts there's like all this shit going on but everyone's surprised by the leather 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 guy singing danny boy yeah oh boy all right next next village person felipe rose was the indian and he was just from New York City nightlife, and he worked as a go-go dancer and a bartender in a full Indian headdress. So this was just taken <laughs> from his life that he would just and work you know, in this he outfit. Was actually, the I I thought he was the most like best acted sure. of all of them. Yeah, yeah. But that's still a very low bar. Oh sh- um, yes. <laughs> so. And he is Puerto Rican, and he claims that he is native on his dad's side. Okay. Work. Yeah. Work. But yeah, yeah uh, you're, you're right. I did party. I did think he was probably the one that kind of gave the most natural air quotes, you know, uh, acting performance. So that's why kind of they shoved him up to the front and like, yeah, you're going to be the, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this like flop house that Valerie Perrine is running. So <laughs> yeah. bizarre. So bizarre. We'll get into it. Okay, Ray Simpson is the policeman, the lead singer, and he replaced the lead singer, Victor Willis, and he sang backup for them. And he was just sort of recruited when Willis quit, very last minute, do you want to sing lead for us? And that's how he, he ended up in The Village People. And his sister, Valerie Simpson, was a part of the husband and wife songwriting production team and recording artist Ashford and Simpson. I love that. Okay. That's her brother. I love, love Ashford and Simpson. Wow. Love it. So the last one's kind of crazy. I was hesitant to bring it up, but I think I have to because it's so bizarre. The GI, Alex Brinley, a classically trained singer, and Burley's brother, Jonathan, was identified by several people as the falling man on September 11th. <gasps> Isn't that wild? Oh, my God. That's his brother. That is insanity. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> So yeah, that's the village people. At least Sorry, the ones that were not in this movie. No, we're not yeah. laughing at it. So bizarre, so insane. weird. Yeah. And then I know that they did later recruit a navy guy, but I think that's oh no, after... it's him. It's the GI. It's the GI. Yeah. Okay. He's just in different. I was never quite sure if they replaced yeah. him or if they got a new member later. I'm pretty sure wow. it's just the GI when you look at the f- the photos. The idea for the village people all having these like uh, jobs or archetypes or whatever that was from that was from that guy Jacques Morelli, right? Yeah. Sort of caricatures of masculinity but I in think, culture. I think it all started from uh, Felipe, mm-hmm. the indian or the native american one because he would just show up in this you know i forgot i forgot one member you forgot a member randy jones is the guy randy i was like where's randy we forgot randy (laughs) and randy is the only person he's the only guy that actually lived in the village oh okay and he's a classically trained actor and dancer and he had some minor success in his solo career i know that he had kind of a comeback dance album around 2018 that did chart All right, I think all right. Randy is the is the cutest one. That that he type very that cute. type he totally does cute, it for yes. me. 
I like the, I like uh, yeah I like the cowboy for sure. I also like the construction worker. Yeah. So um, I like I like Felipe and yes. Randy. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> Felipe is he doing this owl call? Is that like coming out of his mouth? Is that sound effects <laughs> later on? I don't know, but I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's just uh, living his daily life. He's just hanging out, yeah, just just dusting, just like watering the plants, full headdress. I, Why not? I, I, don't, I don't know. I li- I like a homebody. I like yeah. a homebody. So <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's it. Yeah. Jacques, uh, by the way, Jacques Morel. I I mean, it's that the whole opening scene, the opening scene where it is so Forty Second Street, like mm-hmm. total, you know. You're going to hear from me one day, I swear. You know, like, you can't fire me, I quit. I love a good take this job and shove it scene in a movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but it's, it's, it's so textbook. It's so textbook movies. And then he goes, you're going to know my name, Jack Morale. But he, he muddles the jack so it sounds like Jacques and it's I'm just like oh come on Alan Carr <laughs> it's pretty obvious it's yeah. pretty obvious they were trying so hard with that yeah yeah I mean it starts off this movie starts off with Steve Gutenberg like you said uh 22 he was born in 1958 22. so he's, he may have been 21 when they shot this that is mind-blowing to mm-hmm. me look if I ever needed to get off on time tonight is the night I mean it's practically life or death. What do you mean? As soon as we get these loonies out of here, we are taking inventory. Inventory? In- Mr. Schultz, I can't tonight. Ask me every Sunday for six months. Ask me Christmas. But please, Mr. Schultz, not tonight. If you're not here tonight, you are out of a job. But, sir, I have got an opportunity. No inventory, no job. Okay, Schultzy, have it your way. But the next time you take inventory in here, you'll be counting the albums of Jack Morrell. Because I am a composer, not a schlepper salesman. Yeah, he looks a day, if not 32. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) Um, So young, uh, working at this record store in roller skates, as you do. And he also, like his character, dropped out of dental school to uh, ah. to pursue acting. Oh, okay. And such. That's interesting. And he and and they bring that back into the. He just keeps referencing that in the thing. He goes. He goes. What? Uh, what am I gonna do? Go back to dental school like my father wants me to? <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh man! Oh. By the way, I'm gonna do that old timey accent with every line. From the, the you know, but that's the thing about everybody's delivery in this movie. It's so like sitcom, but also like showbiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so it's so just like Hollywood. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. We're in New York, baby. Right? Oh. Yeah, so bad. So Steve Gutenberg has that thing that a lot of 80s men had going on with their hair. Very very fluffy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how they get this texture, but, you know, he had that, like, JFK Jr., you know, Tom Hanks, you know, Tom Selleck kind of thing where it's just, like, you know, amorphous kind of shape cloud of hair. It never moves. Yeah. Uh, There's obviously no wind in (laughs) New York when he's skating because – or his hair, the perm he just had, like, just makes it not move. Yeah, it's – 
it's it, it I remember when I first watched it and I had just watched um Defending Your Life. So I right. thought that was Albert Brooks. <laughs> Makes sense. I thought it was a young Albert Brooks. And then Very I young, I youthful. when I was watching it the other night, I looked up Albert Brooks in Modern Romance and put him beside Steve Gutenberg and I go, I see it now. Okay, great. <laughs> and I go, it would be a much better movie if Albert Brooks was was uh, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, po- possibly. <laughs> I, I but, think. but I'm here to tell you, young Steve Gutenberg man, he could hit it. Oh yeah, he, he can, can he can hit it. He can it. fill out those uh those Izod, you know, alligator shirts, <laughs> and the the you know his bum looks really yeah, good. I mean, yeah. that's what Alan Carr wanted was you know, does your bum look good in shorts? And, yeah, and it yeah. does, and those yeah. bell bottoms. Yeah, so you know, he leaves his job at the record store, and okay, so here's my kind of question about the music industry at this time, right? Yeah, he wants to make it as. What a producer, a, composer? a songwriter, yeah. a pop music composer, not a, a not a performer. He's not like no. I'm going to be the star. I'm going to be you know I don't know Tom Jones. But <laughs> but he, his his goal is not to be a pop star or music or no. But his it's goal a- is to be a famous musician. I guess composer is really mm-hmm. how we. Record like record producer. Okay, let's let's just get into it and try (laughs) to find the logic of this movie because there's a lot of things. You're right because I I was thinking I was like he wants to be a composer and he's so excited to be DJing, aka working what looks like is the the um uh, like the the hanging lights and and doing sounds, (laughs) but he goes. Oh, they'll hear my music. Yeah. And I'm like, so do people is that is that how you bring and then he goes, Oh, screw this business. This business is so tough. I was like, Yeah, dude, you're you're not performing. You're just flipping records and hoping somebody goes like, Who wrote that? Yeah. And then it's so weird. But when we do get to the club and he plays his demo, there's vocals on it. So like who made this demo? Who made it? Also, they sound like village people. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. when did the village people record this? Because I think it's also who? a note that he can't sing, and that's why he needs to recruit singers. Exactly. Because exactly. I think the whole thing is like, well, you can write the music, but you can't sing it because your voice is bad. So let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah, and he calls show business. He's like, when he gets the DJing gig, he goes – this is my big break into show business. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're flipping records. Yeah. Like, was that show business? At like, like at maybe a gay club? Uh, uh, I wrote it down. Saddle Tramp. Saddle Tramp. Oh, Saddle oh that's my a God. great name. Um, what's great that name. What's that line from the guy that, that runs? Oh, you know Halston? Saddle Tramp. Oh, yeah. you know Halston? I, oh, you know his Halston? Seamstress. His, his designer was here with, yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all are trying yeah. so hard. I do, I do have to give it up for like, I do love the this era of movies like Xanadu the same way because mm-hmm. it's like, and thank God it's Friday is is perfect with this because it they're, they're not recreations like yeah. the Ryan Murphy Halston was. It was like they actually filmed those in clubs. Then and there, and so yeah, super cool <laughs> to see, yeah, um, uh, saddle tramps. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. and so okay, so the thing is, well. Steve Gutenberg's character uh, is f- best friends and roommates. Does he live with Sam? 
I think he's just best friends with her. I don't think that he actually lives I with her. I don't know if he lives there. No, or not. I think he's just over there, uh, a like lot. a gay best friend yeah. does. Mm-hmm. You know, right. just show up to your your uh, girlfriend's apartment and I mean, basically live because there. Because is is Jack Morelli? Is 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 he queer? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fall in love, right? No, he doesn't get a love interest. No, he's still on his journey. Yeah, um, but he's best friends with uh, former, recently like retired model Samantha. Yeah, that I guess that she can that she made a pretty good living that she can live in this Greenwich Village apartment and retire as a model. Yeah, and after his um, that girl montage in New York, <laughs> he runs into her. First off, comes up behind her in the middle of Central Park and Just scares her, which again, her. different time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and starts to say like she's she's retired, so now she can get fat because yeah. Yeah. he says like, "Oh, what are you doing a Miss Piggy lookalike contest?" And she's. <laughs> And she's literally this thin. She's, she's so, literally she's this so thin. teeny. Uh, Valerie Perrine, beautiful lover. I mean, I always remember her as Miss Tessamacher from the Superman movies. Oh yes, and don't forget <laughs> Oscar nominated. I was going to say actress. I, I had no idea that she was Oscar nominated going to this movie for Lenny. For, yeah, for Lenny, which uh, she's phenomenal in. But to see her do this is just very uh, yes. Yeah, and so so just this idea of her being she was a high, she was a top model she had to have been the highest paid model in the world because she has left it all behind to just live a life of Riley in this fabulous Greenwich, Greenwich Village apartment that's so eighties yeah. I can't even stand it at at like what twenty seven twenty eight yeah, right you know, she yes. she retires now and wants to get fat that's her goal <laughs> i mean she's eating she's eating ice cream she's eating lasagna she she's is, eating she's eating baskin robbins because yes. don't forget there was the baskin robbins yeah. tie-in flavor can't stop the nuts or something <laughs> can't stop the nuts oh love can't it stop the nuts and you know she's got to be washing it down with an ice cold refreshing dr pepper oh my gosh we got like <laughs> we got like three shots of a dr pepper can in the first 10 minutes of this movie so much so yeah she's living in there she's having this harem of <laughs> of gays <people. laughs> felipe the also, indian love that felipe just never take yep. never never changes costumes no. never changes costumes. well he was having his his bonnet oiled at one oh, point God. he was getting the feathers oiled that. so then he so this is when he comes out with one giant like turkey feather like <laughs> in the back and he was just like it doesn't even fit they just gave me this like a rental well, they're oiling my feathers. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh man, yeah, but, but not gay. No, no, not no, no. gay. Not gay. Not yeah. Gay. So Fine. Felipe just kind of—I don't know if he lives next door. He's just like he lives on the on the roof. Uh, who knows? But he's just in and out. You know, uh, Steve Gutenberg's in and out. He also, but Steve Gutenberg kind of has like a recording space in her apartment. Yeah, and know. he like keeps all his stuff there, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, there's like know. that weird little corner he yeah. has that he passes she, by. She, that looks super like you know out of out of a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's just all these <laughs> yeah. like speakers like a and time cords. And yeah, <laughs> we'll get we'll get to the noise ordinance issue when we talk about the backyard uh, concert. I was oh, like, that's a lot my of stereos. Yeah, stereos. That for party seemed really fun. <laughs> very fun i actually do like that sequence a lot yeah, yeah. but 
we have to talk about so she retired from the Tammy Grimes modeling. Uh, obsessed with Tammy Grimes in this movie. I think she's like, I think she's really knocking this role out of the park. Like she is, I, 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 I thought this when I was watching it, I go, I want to be in whatever movie she's in. Because yeah. she is in yeah. a completely different movie than what she's in. Sydney Channing. I you shut up and give me that phone. Ah, ah, stop me. How fat are you? Enormous! I've blown up like the Hindenburg! This is Sydney Channing, who only helped make you the biggest model of the 70s. Come clean. Sydney, darling, the 70s are dead and gone. The 80s are going to be something wonderfully new and different. And so am I. Free, happy, and content. Contented! But that's perfect for the ad campaign for the American Dairy Association. Cows? Milk, dearest. It comes from cows. Sydney. Don't get upset. I've tried to explain to you. I have retired once and for all. This is going to be the biggest campaign for the entire fall. Mucho lucrativo. Money, honey. Sydney, it was really sweet of you to ask me, but how many times do I have to tell you no, no, no? You are passing up the chance of a lifetime. Now, may I please speak to Lulu? There's really no accounting for taste here. She wants to talk to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I found out through my research, Tammy Grimes, first wife of Christopher Plummer and mother of Amanda Plummer. Yes. That's yes. where Amanda Plummer's crazy voice comes from. Yes. And it's <laughs> and and she was never famous because I mean she she did Broadway. I mean she did Unsinkable Molly Brown and mm-hmm. like did um uh a lot of Broadway and huge stage actress, but like she was never really famous because she fell into that Patricia Neal, Lauren Bacall mm-hmm. kind of thing where it was like, oh, a, d- a woman with a deep voice. Right. Like, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. And then, you know, of course Kathleen Turner comes along yeah. later and, and I always, makes it great. But yeah, I, I think she's phenomenal in this. She's, Her and she's so good. June Havoc are just <laughs> un un fucking believable in yeah. this movie. I, yeah, those uh the 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 women, the grand dames of this movie, June Havoc, uh along with Tammy Grimes and Barbara Rush. Yes, as, Barbara Rush yeah, is so good. As Bruce Jenner's mother. Uh, I was going to say, I always so remember Tammy Grimes as the voice of Molly Grew in The Last Unicorn. Yes, yes which yes. she did right after this. I oh, think. yeah. Something, I think something it would have been crazy. It was, right like, it was like 82 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, June Havoc, for the listeners back home, is Baby June from Gypsy. <laughs> yeah. That is, Gypsy Rose Lee's uh, sister. That is wild crazy (laughs) it is it is is absolutely crazy and what's so funny too is towards the end when they're taking photos or something she goes smile baby smile which is what (laughs) you know the mama rose used to say to her and i was like that's that only a gay man oh yeah (laughs) to put that in yeah and isn't isn't the actual character in this movie doesn't she say that she like she used to be a hoofer or something yeah 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 Yeah. it's all based on her i I would assume yeah she has one of my favorite scenes in the movie where she's negotiating the contract oh that whole plane scene Uh, yeah is so good and and it's actually like funny yeah yeah it's it's not a well-written scene but she makes it really Mm -hmm. funny i mean she like is looking at him and she grabs the Chinese yeah. like, from Gutenberg's <laughs> hand and puts it in his. It's so it's really good timing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, okay. So 
we've set up that Steve Gutenberg has this weird, yes. crazy, uh, you know, aspirations of being some kind of music industry something. But we need we need vocals. So I love that she just kind of is like, hey, f- the the scene when she's walking down the street and. It's like a long walk and like three village people just come in and out of her little yeah. stroll. Uh, yeah. Genius. We also have to establish that um, in addition to her, in addition to this weird fat shaming of like her <laughs> letting herself go, she also says, uh, when you were in college studying, I was sleeping around with these famous producers. So oh I'm going to work my connections yeah. to get you famous. Uh, and. Her- we have to establish that that's weird. Her ex, no, her ex boyfriend yeah. Ron, who's um, Ron, runs a runs a record label. I right? don't know what he does. I'm I, so glad you're confused because I was like, is he a producer? Is he a lawyer for a record company? It's never cl- he just works in music. Like he and he has he two phones. <laughs> Do what he has two phones. He has two phones. Apparently, great. doesn't have an assistant because he's always on them. Too. I was gonna say he has a weird fetish with uh, holding a phone. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, he really that, gets off on that. Yeah, that character is kind of a trip. But he's he's kind of in and out. He's like an ex an ex boyfriend kind of thing. But she, he's the guy that she's like, we're gonna woo him to get right, to get right. this, this. And he's deal. maybe a drunk. I don't know. Right, he's like very right. out of it the whole time. I'm yeah. like, is he is he high on something? And, um Oh, go ahead. Uh all throughout this, you know, the uh the the Sydney Channing modeling agency and her girl Friday Lulu. 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 Oh my god, one of my other favorite characters in this movie. Oversexed. <laughs> yeah. Oversexed. Such a trip. Uh, again, Having in Steve Gutenberg's hair just yeah. you know went out into humidity for five yeah. minutes, totally. Yes. So they're trying to get her back for for this milk campaign. Yes. Yes, because she wants to make uh, milk the champagne of the masses, <laughs> which we were talking about. Of just little did they know, and maybe ten years, milk ads. All the celebrities would be doing them. They did got milk before got yeah, milk. Yeah, absolutely. Milk. They also and, kind and, of did and, milk. It does a body good because they did those commercials in the eighties where it was a little kid and they yes. aged them up. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Big I mean, milk. Big, they had some but spies, it's, but, but it's also it's so bizarre because I was like, oh, did they? Like, I want to ask people, like, did they have big milk money in their pocket? <laughs> I was like, they had why? To have. Yeah. Big Milk had to be in the back pocket of Can't Stop the Music. There's no other explanation. Lulu's line (laughs) when she looks at the Indian. Ah, Indian is hot. I go for exotic types, particularly when they're half naked. Lulu. You tell him I'll make up for all the indignities they suffered in roots. (laughs) What that excuse? Whoa! That line, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I I choked when I heard that. I was like, "Excuse me." Only in 1980. <laughs> yeah, we should hell? we should we should continue to to put in this episode. Remind the viewers <laughs> it was a different time. different time. It was a different time. <laughs> this was such a different time. Yeah, I heard that and I was like, "Uh, I want to believe that that's a joke, but it." 
actually sounds like they were really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to talk about how Lulu, I think, is a Nancy Walker esque character. Sure, she yeah, looks like her. Yeah, I can see a little. That. Yeah, and and she's just kind of bumbling, like you know, outrageous char- sitcomy character yeah. that just is is always there and, yeah. and becomes very annoying by uh minute 60. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. She kind of wears out her welcome after a while. We we should talk about Samantha the first song. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a banger. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I, that's I, the song that he plays in the club. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe yeah. he could make it as a composer in in Hollywood, New York, USA. Right. By the way, we have to establish too. It, it, there, it's obvious. There's this like cloud of movies, like like that they want to make it in Hollywood in the big stuff. But yeah. They never go to L.A. Right. It's just New York and San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, yeah. I, I made it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like record industry, maybe New York is kind of just yeah, as good as LA. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? 1980. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was reading that in the original script, they did have a Fire Island scene, and for budget issues, they couldn't put oh. it in the movie. Could you imagine That's crazy. if they went to Fire Island in this movie? I, well, the village people do have a song called Fire Island, so oh, maybe Jesus. that's what it was written for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. That would have been great. Yeah. So, okay. We we have her little montage of Sam walking, you know, walking through the village with her two scoops, you know, two scoops of ice cream that she actually eats. I was like, I wonder what that ice cream is made of because it's like New York City daytime. <laughs> but she fully yeah. takes a big old bite out of it. So I'm like, I guess it was ice cream. By like take 10, is this ice cream just going to be just, melt in her hands? Yeah. Right. But um, she – Kind of convinces everybody, okay, you're going to come, you're going to audition, you're going to sing for my friend, and you know we're going to make you a star, right? So we got to get to this backyard party, which, I mean, again, this fabulous apartment has this lovely yard. I, I love a, it. A big yard, too. Yeah, huge. It kind of reminds me of the apartment from uh, the Boys in the Band. Boys in the Band, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's what exactly what I thought, too, especially with this whole scene, because it's a long scene. It's it like 20 so minutes. Like yeah. they're you see freaking Valerie make a lot of that lasagna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she makes this lasagna in real time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also, if, yeah, there's a lot of lasagna in this movie. So if, much. If, I, I'm, I wonder if big lasagna money is in their pocket. <laughs> so I... But, but yeah, you're right. They she makes a lot and then like they don't eat except except Tammy Grimes eats the contact lens. Uh yes. Tammy Grimes lasagna crunch. Who gets stuck in a phone booth yeah. on her way over, gets her nails stuck in the dialer, gets locked in the phone booth, is there for probably a, ma- a matter of hours. Hours, <laughs> hours. It gets nighttime. Nighttime. <laughs> makes her way over, crawls over the garden. Wall. Oh my god! Oh my this woman—they have her climbing a fence to get into this party. So she's cr- and I mean, obviously she's yeah. crashing the party. What? But but she sent Lulu. Why does she feel the need to crash if Lulu's there? I I, I don't know. And also, yeah. I, but it's also that weird. 
again, it's, it's all these weird, if you, if you've seen a lot of movies, it's like, it's all, it's so cliche because yes. she's like, well, I'm going to go over and talk to her myself. You yeah. Know, kind of, <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. And, uh, it's, yeah. And it, and it quickly turns into like a bad, I love Lucy sketch. It's just like, it's so weird. I love, um, first off the pot smoking scene is weird. Oh my God. Oh yeah. yeah. So bizarre. Crazy. Um, what else were they doing? I, and like, like back there besides smoking weed? I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I was, I was, I'm also like, you're in the village in New York in 1980. Like, yeah. come on, Steve Gutenberg. You didn't just get off the plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And but I, I think what's funny is like the scene is starting to die, and then June Havoc walks in, yeah. and it's like a <laughs> yeah. whole breath. Of she fresh injects air. it I, with some much like, needed energy. I watched this for thirty fucking more minutes <laughs> with June Havoc coming in. Yeah. I mean, and she she really. Do, I mean, she does that like Debbie Reynolds yes. Halloween mm-hmm. Town kind of thing where she's just like she's just like I'm just gonna have. While I'm here, I brought you some some Zabars, and I brought you this from Bloomingdale's. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My goodness, which which is again also like them nudging New York. It's like I got you stuff from Zabar. Did you go to? You know, they're like, did you go to Bergdorf? Yeah, yeah, love it. Too much, too much. I was was like, geez. Yeah, Yeah. and then earlier, a little earlier in this. before this scene happens, we get our introduction to Ron, mm-hmm. yes. um, who his character lives as a neighbor with Sam's sister back in and St. Louis. And he was just in New York, recently separated from his wife. Yes. And he just picks up a cake for her. He picks up a cake for her, gets mugged by uh, an old woman on a moped, <laughs> mm-hmm. who, I presu- who I presume is a... Maybe an Alan Carr, like, hey, this was a character actor from the 1940s. Or it's like, you, nice. or Alan Carr just being, you know what will be funny yeah, is to have... Great. You know what's so New York? Bruce also, get robbed I, I by hate, a little old lady. I hate this New York mentality that they do in these vignettes where it's like no one's helping them yeah. and it's like funny. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Bruce Jenner is like has a gun to him and he's just like, help, help. Yeah. And no one's helping him. And it's like only in New York. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, well, and, and we also have to say uh, Bruce Jenner, great hair too. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, really love the Shelly Duvall uh, was, bob. He looks like his sons. He looks like Brody. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit, and he's a he's the square character. So like every yes. you know, every character he's has the to have the square, yeah. or every movie, and he's a tax lawyer. Yes, boring, boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're tax, here to make tax music. lawyers can't yeah. have any fun. Um, really quickly, while we were talking about the uh, the old lady on the moped who's a mugger, I also want to uh, address the old woman who hits people with the baguette oh Fran Leibowitz yeah she's great <laughs> she really it was, it was she really nice so of, of Fran Leibowitz to make an appearance in this movie now I'm thinking to myself maybe she's like a crazy like she, maybe she's like a village person that like oh if you live in the village you know that lady who hits you with exactly. a baguette watch That's out that. for it's her like, it's like you're, it's, it's yeah. the person on your co-op board everyone has one yeah. Yeah. that's what I mean there's all these like in jokes if you live in New York in yeah. like seventy two yeah. or something, it's it's such out of date yeah. things. And and it reminded me of how in like 
the late eighties, there were on like writing staffs, there were like, there were young people mm-hmm. and then there were like these older oh, yeah. sitcom writers yep. from like Dick Van Dyke. So yep. like you'll see all these eighties yep. stuff and then you'll just hear like a little kid be like, what am I? What's like the that? big idea? Yeah. What's the big idea? <laughs> or some, or some dated <laughs> reference that would have been in like the yeah. 1940s. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> I'm surprised um, we didn't just see there's not just like a very Hitchcock like cameo of like a short portly gentleman in a caftan just like walking down <laughs> the street. Just, just clapping his hands. Yeah, just, just in the deep background, like, oh there yeah. he is. <laughs> there he is. Like spot <laughs> Allen and like the different scenes. I I would have loved that. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> so it, by the way, Bruce Jenner at this time, I love that Alan Carr like was famous for using athletes in his movies Mm. and um when bruce jenner did this movie they said bruce why are you doing this movie and he's like you can't live on wheaties forever (laughs) and presumably thinking that he's gonna have an acting yeah and i guess i think the idea was that they're gonna make him into this robert rudford matinee idol of the 1980s because i i only thought like the most comparable person that like he could aspire to was either Redford or even Christopher Reeve. Like he even gave some like weird Christopher Reeve vibes in this movie. Um, uh, but is a terrible actor, even though Chris and Christopher Reeve is an amazing actor. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I I feel like this kind of, this movie kind of tanked his aspirations of being a movie star. The only other acting he did after this was television chips, murder. She wrote, you know, the round. And then his, I, I did my research. His next film appearance would be in 2011 in the, uh, masterpiece that is Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Ah, yes. So (laughs) with Al Pacino. Ooh. All right. (laughs) Speaking of Razzie awards. Wow. Um, so magic night, this Uh, this happens. I like this song. It's good. I think this is is a pretty good song. I, I think, uh, if I were their neighbors, I would be very upset. I mean, would you be upset or just want to join the party? I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I would party, be hopping the garden it, wall. It, I mean, the amount of sound system and speakers that are on that back There's deck, I was like, is no one calling the cops? Is no one doing it? I mean, at least there is a line of dialogue from Val of, we can't do this in my backyard anymore because we're getting noise complaints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What, one of my – it's so funny because Steve Gutenberg, bless his heart, he's great, but you know – Sam tells him, like, you need to rehearse with these guys. They're all just showing up off the street. Nobody knows any of this music. Go sit down and rehearse. We'll take care of everything. And, like, they cut to him, and he's like, all right, everybody. And they're all gathered around, and he just starts snapping his finger, and he's like, all right. Yeah. And here's, here's what we're going to do. All right. And just snapping and not singing anything. And, and it's just like, okay, all right, good job. Yeah. <laughs> Acting. And they're all reading off the same sheet music. That's the other thing, is Steve Gutenberg only has one copy of every song he writes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're looking for pencils and napkins. We got to like... gather around the piano, <laughs> but I was like, make some copies, dude, yeah, like yeah. make copies. Like you can afford a Xerox. Um, yeah. but he, uh, he, yeah, I, I love that. They're all around the sheet of paper and they're singing all perfectly in key. Uh, and like very difficult chords too. Like again, like ABBA style vocal stylings. And I was like, y'all are good sight readers. Like y'all yeah, are great. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. He didn't even but have like a backing track for them to like, 
to listen to beforehand. No, yeah. they just had the full backing track of, of an orchestra and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So the next day, you know, Ron makes his way back to the house to talk to Sam. They have another kind of meet cute situation. Um, she ends up spilling leftover lasagna mm-hmm. all over him and on her floor. She's obsessed with this apartment, first of all. Anytime, like, water spilled on the carpet, and she was on the ground Trying on all fours with a hairdryer. scrub out water from water. her carpet. Um, so and she's like, I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> and she's like, lasagna all over my parquet floors. Also, this blocking where... Uh, Bruce Jenner ends up in the barber chair is very just sitcom-y. Like, you know, we just need to put in some physical comedy in this movie. It, it was totally that because that whole lasagna scene, I, I was like watching it. I'm like, this is so, you know exactly where it's going. And, and that it, and that it like spills on his crotch and he's yeah. like, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so, yeah. it's so just like, Oh my God. Like you just need a laugh. T- like they're writing it for a mm-hmm. laugh track. Yes. Um, so this all just leads to, you know, him getting his pants off, wrapping himself up in like a makeshift sarong, but still has his two piece suit on. Three piece, right, the yes. top half. Yeah, yeah like the, the top half. Yeah, the George totally. Jefferson yep. vest, yeah. Um, but it's all just to get them to sleep together, right, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, that's um, it. Yeah, but it's just kind of embedding Ron further into this whole crazy crew of people. And now, him being the square, now he's like... Hey, I think you guys are onto something. We need, but we need more. We need more people. We need to hold auditions at my crazy Wall Street, you know, law offices, <laughs> law firm. Yeah. yeah, come to my office. We're gonna do. And here's another sort of like schlocky comedy thing: is putting all of these crazy people, juxtaposing them with these like snooty law people. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, what is happening? Who yeah. are all these well, people? And, and it's it's so just like. He's like, I have represented Rogers and Hammerstein yeah. and George Gershwin, George and Ira Gershwin. And it's just like, and you kids are coming in here. It's very, it's very, that, yeah, it's very sitcom. It's very sitcom. It's just like, oh, come on, line up, dude. And yeah. this crazy boardroom that they're in yeah. where they're doing the auditions is like, I mean, it looks insane. like, um, it looks like Henry Higgins's library from My Fair Lady. It is exactly that. It is so massive. I was like, is this an office? Yeah, like or what are they? A, a fucking mansion. What do like they do study? in this room? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we talked about the crazy characters that are populating this audition, you know, where they do finally get uh, the Leatherman. His yes. lines are amazing. He's like, I'm a toll collector. I'm from the Bronx. And. This act uh, this, and this village person—that is not the voice that I think is going to come out of him. I'm from the Bronx. My name is Glenn Hughes. My word, basic black. What do you do, Glenn? I'm a toll collector at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Do all toll collectors look like that? Just the hot ones. Uh, what's your talent? Huh? Uh, aren't you here for the additions? Auditions? I'm here for an extension on my income tax. Glenn, you're in the wrong room. We're having auditions for a singing group. A singing group? Yeah. Well, you ain't heard nothing yet. (laughs) 
Danny boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, but it's, it, 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 as Pete was saying, it's so great how, how over Bronx he is. Yeah. How over Bronx. Cause he even says that. And I think the next scene right before YMCA, he's, yeah, he was like, I gave up my job as a toll collector. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's his one character beat, and or, he's going to make sure you a toll booth. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's, it's, and doesn't he show up so thinking? Barbara Streisand just did a line. Yes. And she's just, you know, <laughs> she's having it. And he doesn't even show up there to audition. No, he comes to get an extension on his income tax. Yeah. And they're just like, you got the look. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again... So many questions. Yeah. Why is this leather bar <laughs> toll collector coming to this ritzy law to get an extension? By the way, I love everyone's concept of taxes and the IRS oh, yeah, and this yeah. because he's like, I'm a tax collector. And she's like, great. Tell the IRS I'm going to file next year. And you're just like, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Shut um, up. Somebody says to him, do all, do all, uh, do all toll booth collectors look like that? And he says, just the hot ones. Now, now, okay. So, so I've heard two stories about who wrote this. So it's credited as the guy who wrote Greece and Alan Carr. Mm -hmm. And then I heard a story that even before, like the first draft was, the guy who wrote Greece and Bruce Valand. Yeah, right. And that they wrote this uh, over the course of two weeks in North Carolina when they were like signed up for this like um, a weight loss program. Right. And uh, and they wrote Disco Land, which was what this was going to be. Um, which it's is funny because like as a very big fan of Bruce Valanche and Hollywood Squares. Mm-hmm. And some of the jokes sound like him. Like the toll booth one you just said and like yeah. the yeah. like like there's it's that it's that, you know, Bet Midler kind of, you know, the jokes <laughs> he wrote for <laughs> Bet Midler, just like, you know, if you like what's on top, you should see me on bottom, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That May West uh a rhythm, but I um, think but some of them are just bad. I think Bruce was uh, replaced by Alan when Bruce just kind of wanted to wanted to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, I think that Bruce has said that he just he was sort of friendly with production and he would give them advice of right. certain he, things he to do. Would write a joke he probably or two wrote or, a few jokes. Yeah, throw something. At, he probably wrote the Tammy Grimes June Havoc jokes. I I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, because those are the more well written dialogue of the. Of an otherwise terrible movie, um, so oh gosh, okay, well, well, and then it's the YMCA scene because well, right? yeah, because they they need a new place to rehearse. That's the whole thing is that we've been we've been you know uh, we had the backyard and now like we had the law firm and eventually we need someplace new and and Bruce Jenner quits the tax being a tax lawyer to be the manager of the this new group they haven't found the name yet right um his mother yes says the name in the law office <laughs> right yeah she goes oh you village people and they're yeah. like the village people didn't, we didn't, got it didn't these village people go out and you know in the 
the sixties. Yeah. And they're like, that's a great title. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love the passage of time of Bruce Jenner's transformation. That is the cutaway scene where he's first in a suit, he quits. And Mm -hmm. then he's on the streets of New York in cut off jean shorts yeah, and a crop top <laughs> to show his transformation. His hair is blown. His hair is like, you know, it's it's all styled. And now yeah. he's the manager of the village people. And also he says, I pulled some strings and made a lot of phone calls. And it ends up being the YMCA, which you could just show up. Yeah, to, it's free. Presumably. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, like being like I, I i pulled some strings and we're going to rehearse at the public library it's like did you have to pull that many strings and, to go to the public and library? i mean they do this whole number but does it actually look like they're rehearsing is that rehearsal <laughs> no no it's not it's not let's also talk about how they well let's talk about that scene because yeah there's a lot of questions so many um so many questions uh <laughs> Number one is a lot of male nudity. Oh, yeah. This movie is rated PG-13. I mean, PG or PG for like the early 80s. And there is fully dicks in this movie. There are. But what I love about, again, keeping to this straight heterosexual winky wink is like they show the clip. It's actually a, a kind of brilliant in editing. They show the clip of the men in in the showers. Yeah. And then they immediately cut to like half a second of (laughs) of Valerie Prime, like topless Mm -hmm. and the village people just splashing her, splashing her (laughs) and then back to the naked guys. Yeah. My favorite naked guy is the first guy that they round the corner at in the locker room. And you can tell that he's not naked, (laughs) but he's wearing like a G string. Of a, when yes. you watch it on like a high def TV, he's wearing like a like a muscle man G string. Oh, see, you guys had high def TV. Yeah. I just had to uh, uh, really slow it down when I was watching <laughs> it as a kid. Um, so <laughs> just to yeah. just just to be sure. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of slow motion. Oh, yeah, which is very you know of the era adult film I, kind of. You I know, really thing. like though that they took the time to get you know a lot of these athletes to come and do mm-hmm. these things like there's diving and there's guys you know there's uh, you know hurdles and yep. gymnastics and all of this stuff and it looks really great uh, you know wrestling except the two boxers. I love the boxers though. <laughs> In their in their showy little little prance that they have choreographed prant. Oh my goodness! I I don't understand the boxers either. <laughs> I also don't understand why with the hurdle, like the guy does like a a tondu spin, <laughs> like to, and then like snaps his fingers to say go, and they yeah. all just start running. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? That's yeah. not in the Olympics. I don't remember that. Yeah, and they throw Bruce in there. He does yeah. he does a sick alley oop. In like the basketball scene, like that's that that's a great that's a great yeah. shot. There's also, you know, as we learn in the documentary, Alan Carr has a wrestling fetish. And so there's <laughs> these doesn't? scenes of wrestling, <laughs> boys wrestling. Singlets. Uh, <laughs> we have to talk about the fact that this sequence is literally eight minutes long. Oh yeah. 
But okay. But my thing is, and Scott, you mentioned it earlier, it's that we have this idea that maybe we saw things a little bit. When I remember this scene in my head, there's just like floppy dicks everywhere. everywhere. Valerie's boobs are she's just wa- prancing she's around the entire scene. Jiggling around. I love her. Yeah. I love her macho woman. Macho woman t shirt. But you know, I love that. Thank you for noticing that. I was I noticed that this last time watching it, I was like, yeah. Yeah, and macho great. man not even in the movie. No, like the song, Macho Man in the Navy, nowhere to be found. Yeah. I don't know where they would have fit in the Navy in, but Macho Man, they could have worked in here. But yeah, I feel like in my brain, I have this this memory of of it being so much more graphic. And while it is graphic, you can fully see penises in this movie. It's, yes. it's very quick, you know, and you do have to be that kid with the VCR, which if I had this on VHS as a kid, I would have a slow mood and stopped. <laughs> it's you, would have, you would have gone time. through the scene frame by frame on I, your shaky VHS I, I player. Think my, I think the tape would have busted at the, <laughs> from all the pausing and rewinding. But, yeah. yeah, and, and you're right. Uh, I was struck this last time by going, like, how athletic it was, which made me question. <laughs> I go, number one, was this a thing? Was, like, watching sports for gay men a thing? I mean, yes, it is. But, yeah. you know, I was like, there's some there, – there are the sweaty bodies, but there's also, like, genuinely active sports going on. Yeah. And I go, like, is this... And then I started... Again, this is the film scholar theorist (laughs) critic in me where I was like, is this subliminally telling audiences to go work out? Because I'm like, milk, uh, (laughs) athletics, Bruce Jenner. I was like, was this kind of a campaign? (laughs) Or maybe it was just gay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess that before gay porn was readily available, it was muscle magazines. Yeah. And that's true. Alan Carr would have grown up buying like beefcake male physique magazines too. Hence like the wrestling fetish. Yeah. That that's true. And, and drinking milk, you know, be a strong man and (laughs) go work out at the YMCA and drink your milk kids. Drink your milk. You too can end up like Bruce Jenner in a crop top. I I think, I think what, 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 makes me laugh the most about this uh is as entertaining as the images are again the song the song has no b section it's just it's just chorus yeah it's on this for eight minutes and i just keep going like sure this is (laughs) this is what it is this is you know and i think Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think up until this point, all the other songs in the movie, it's that thing where it's like Chicago, where there's a reason, like they're yes. performing in the backyard. We're at we're at the nightclub, and or the fans are like the uh, it's in the construction worker's head. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. But this one is just like straight up movie musical. No reason. We're looking right at the camera when Valerie is lying. <laughs> On down on her chest, and she's getting like the Swedish massage, the and very delicate Swedish very, massage, very mm-hmm. delicate. And she's look, and her her head is up, looking right into camera, and she's just kind of nodding back, nodding and back forth. and forth, <laughs> just kind of very and it pans out, and every and she's in the middle of the spin class, yeah, and they're all on the bikes <laughs> doing the YMCA, yeah, yeah. I th- and but no, my favorite is all the divers doing the Eskin mm-hmm. Williams, yep. yeah. Like, right? like yeah. thing I was like, this dive. Is, I was like, this is this is this is old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I was, you're right. This is that middle of the like, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just do something in the middle of the 
in the middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's not forget, this also occurs, I think, an hour into the movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's deep in there. Film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you playing at home, yes, we're, we're halfway through the movie. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> and I believe that this YMCA is in Glendale, California. So this okay, is kind insane. of, it's one section of the Los Angeles filming. Have any of us okay. frequented a YMCA? I used to go in college. I used to use their pool. I have never been to a YMCA. Uh, I've never been yep. to the YMCA that was the old YMCA, where it was like people, you, right. know, you could sleep there, you could do all that. The YMCA, when I was growing up, was like, very, I mean, it was always faith-based, but it was like, you had to have a membership, mm-hmm. and it was very clean, and it was very like... They didn't have, you know, like you could come and hang out. I mean, it's kind of like a like a bathhouse almost that you go there and get like a room and sleep (laughs) and like yeah, cruise around the hallways by the hour, jerk off in the sauna. I don't know. Like you couldn't go into like you couldn't do what what the old New York thing was, which was that like I I went. I went on a bus with $25 in my pocket. Yeah. I stayed at the YMCA <laughs> yeah. for the first two months while I searched. Yeah. You couldn't do no. that. No, no, not at all. No. Not at all. It is very bathhousey. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So after this, uh, Sam decides, you know what? We got we to gotta get some dough. Like, I'm going to do this milk campaign. Yeah. But I'm going to bring in the whole gang. Mm-hmm. And you know the Sydney Prescott talent agency is just like <laughs> what's her, what's her name? <laughs> what if that what if that is Sydney's mother? Yeah, uh, Sydney Channing, Sydney Channing, the Sydney yep. Channing talent agency. This this commercial <laughs> that is like a four minute music video. Yeah, where are it they being showing shown? this in its entirety? Where is it being shown? Nowhere. Where is this being shown? Uh, who knows. I love milkshake. <laughs> it's a great number. <laughs> I, 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 I let Scott know I apologize in advance for uh, the fact that milkshake will appear in y'all's head for the next uh, eighty years, oh, the rest of your life. And how I guess, and how life, this you'll, you'll just sing it. And how this portion opens with the children, <laughs> dead, which is weird, dead, which is weird, yeah. And then they grow up to be the like they're dressed as the village people. Seeing that like ten year old walk out as the Leatherman, (laughs) that's weird. Did he have a mustache? Because that would have been funny. I don't remember if he had a mustache. I don't. I don't think he did. I don't think the kids. What's weird is that the logic of this scene is that if you're a kid and you drink milk, you grow up to be you know, in the village people uh, yeah. yep. and, and that your mother who is Valerie, <laughs> Valerie Bryan, never ages. No, she doesn't mm-hmm. age. So maybe <laughs> was she a little kid who drank milk and ah. now is serving it to her friends? Like a okay. lot, a lot of, a lot, lot of weird logic. But what I love about milkshake is number one, it's a very catchy song. It's not seven minutes long, but it's only four and it feels like seven. Yeah, yeah. Like it does. It just <laughs> keeps going on. And they're talking about milk, but it's called milkshake. Yeah. And then they talk about a milkshake, but they're saying drink milk. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> well, don't eventually don't like the bigwigs kind of say like this is too 
this is crazy. We're not going to use it. Yeah. Yes. Because so. they, they're, they're filming it as a commercial and then they watch it on television <laughs> and then, which, which, no, no, no. Here's another weird logic. They're watching it on television, presumably live on a channel. <laughs> sure. As commercials run. As the commercials do. Yeah. But then Tammy Grimes <laughs> says like, they don't want this on television. And it's like, but it was just on television. Just, it was just a fucking commercial. <laughs> Maybe they got backlash. They got viewers calling into the station. <laughs> I'll never That's drink what they milk did. again. No, that was the logic. She said it's like too controversial uh, or too scandalous or something right. like that. I also love there's the the lead dancer in um it's it's this like thin woman and she has these like menacing <laughs> eyes and she's just moving her thing. She's in milkshake and in I Love You to Death. Oh, and okay. She's just like she's like the Liza dancer in Dirty Dancing. You're just like Yeah. yeah. You're nailing <laughs> it. You're showing out. She's showing up, yeah. showing out. She's just like she's running her <laughs> fucking stuff. It's great. It's great. I love it. So at this point, um, Ron's mom, Barbara Rush, socialite, fabulous, penchant for hats with feathers in mm-hmm. them. You know, she's just like, uh, well, you know, I know how we can raise money. I do it all the time. I throw charity events. I just threw one. Oh my god. For th- 3,000 people. So you want, you know, your party sounds like nothing. I can do this in my sleep. And I, and I just so happen to have one in San Francisco coming up soon. And they're like, sweet. Well, we'll, you know, we're going to hitch our wagon to that shit. And she's just like, sure, let's do it. Whatever. She's cool with it. She, she's a socialite, but she's also hip with the gays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Cause she didn't even think twice. She was just like, sure. Yeah, great. Just hijack my my charity event, whatever, whatever. Cha- I forgot what the money was going to. I don't think she says it. I really don't think she says but it. But also, weren't they trying to raise money for themselves? Yeah, <laughs> right. Because 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 uh, uh, um, uh, I want to say it's shanty tramp, but uh, the, the, <laughs> the the tramp. The tr- shady tramps, what? Yeah, which is a which is a which is a real a real movie. Saddle tramps. Saddle That's tramps. right. I'm looking at my yeah. nose. Saddle tramps is sold. They sell saddle trains. Okay. Sure. Um, or, or it's being sold, so they don't have a place to perform or record. And so that's when Valerie Prine does the milk commercial. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but that's not – oh, but then the commercial doesn't get picked up. Yes, even the commercial even flops. Even on television. Right. Um, so they say, oh, charity – yeah, which I'd love that they're just like any rich person. It's just charity. We don't care what it's for. Nope. She doesn't have to say anything, but we're like, yeah, charity, rich people, we're charity, mm-hmm. charity. Mm-hmm. Great. It'll be you, the village people, and the Richie family. And I like how the Richie family is showcased of a very special appearance. Well, I think this was also a band that was from like the village people, the Jacques, like Jacques the village Morales. people producer, like Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, they're really good. Like mm-hmm. that performance is freaking great yeah yeah but i feel like i don't recall the richie family like any other music by them it's just nope yeah flash in the pan too bad yeah but um, yeah but i mean hey uh barbara rush she is putting on one hell of a swinging (laughs) charity event so many people so many people (laughs) i also um well okay so there's the plane scene where june havoc Mm negotiates the contract yeah. that's also the weirdest private jet oh ever. my god i could i didn't even know it was a private jet until it took off it just yeah. looks like an apartment <laughs> 
I, I think they built it as an apartment, but like then just showed yeah. footage of a plane going. <laughs> it's very, it, it's very like uh, Austin Powers jumbo jet with like exactly. a circular bed. It is because I was like, I, it was, it was about like, cause again, that's a long scene too. Yeah. And I, I'm just watching it and I go, he has his golden records on the walls. Yeah. On his plane? On, the plane. <laughs> on his plane. I was like, what? He, okay. fly, he flies All a right, lot, you sure. guys. He flies so much. Just like, it's fl- a second home he, to him. He flies a lot. And, and you know, he, he calls a lot of people. He yeah. flies a lot. I'm gonna get, still don't know what he I'm going to get one gold record for my townhouse and the other one for yeah. the private jet. <laughs> Duplicates. It's like those celebrities who are like, I put Miami in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. That whole scene with June Havoc is great. Yes. And then... And then they look out there in San Francisco. They're at the charity event. A lot which, of people are like, the charity event, which looks like like bears in space, or yeah. just like <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like a like Dilf at Los yeah, Lobos it looks or like something. Dilf night, yeah. It's what charity? <laughs> where did you get this guest list? It looks like dollars a, for dollars for Dilf. Yeah, dollars for Dilf. Mm-hmm. It's like a circuit party. I don't know what is happening. Um, hey. It is, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a, a, <laughs> a bottoms charity. So no, it's but what what struck me about the event was like how big the space was, yeah, Huge. massive, and how and how many people were there too. I was like, this is a fucking end of Lizzie McGuire movie. It's insane. <laughs> she said, she uh, said three thousand people. Um, I think she said three thousand. Yeah. Which um, is a fair amount. Uh, uh, then there's that whole backstage oh babble I mean, scene I don't where know. everything ties up in 10 minutes. I mean, I don't know why the village people just weren't responsible for their own costume coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has to, like, bring all of them for him. And I like that they're these, like, shiny versions of the village people costumes. Right. Glitter, yeah, it's all glam. Mm-hmm. It's yep. all that. I love, um, I love the exchange... It's so such a throwaway, but it's when Lulu like quits mm. Tammy Grimes and she's just like, I am now the number one roadie of the village people. <laughs> and so and one of the guys, one of the guys goes, you go, girl. It's just, <laughs> it's just total like, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so it's so I was like, oh, my God. So the um, last big like sitcom misunderstanding is that. We think that Sam, Valerie Prine, is going on the plane with Steve, the record mogul, yes, to seal the deal, to, you know, get the contracts, do whatever. And she's late. She she hasn't showed up yet. But really, it's Steve Gutenberg and his mom, June Havoc, right. who hijacked the plane. And since June Havoc was an old, you know, hoofer mm-hmm. from like back in the day, she can negotiate a contract. She said, Oh, I know how to negotiate yep. contracts and you are going to get the t-shirts, but only in Japan. And we are going to get the lunch boxes, lunch pails, lunch pails. Oh my God. And she's ringing them through the coals and she's got his, this like, she's got st- more stuff from Zabar's. She's got kreplach and like matzo ball soup mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. And she's just like, 
holding it just out of his reach and he's like oh that's from zabar it's like <laughs> he's obviously high on something oh my like, goodness he's so yeah. out of it in that scene. completely out of it completely out of it and um you know but back at the dressing room sam's still not there and everybody's just like oh well she took the plane with steve so if they're not here then the, this plane's a rockin you know, don't come and knock. Right. knock so yeah. you know, so now Ron is just like despondent. He's just like, oh no, she's off with the other guy. So it's this last, very last minute sitcom. You know, Three's Company misunderstanding, right? Until until Sam shows up with the Main Street Electrical Parade versions of of the <laughs> costumes. <laughs> Shipped in, shipped in overnight from yeah. New York City, and she's just like, "What? What's everybody like? What's everybody talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm here. Is everything okay? Yeah, Is everything fine. Yeah." yeah. And um, Ron kind of proposes. Yeah, it's not clear. <laughs> well, well, he says something. No, he does, but it's this weird, again, convoluted dialogue where yeah, very convoluted. She's like, she's like. Uh, I'm going to butcher it, but yeah. he says, he says something like, well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be my partner, at least marry me. He literally backs her into a corner yeah. Yeah. and is like, well, if you say no to that, at least marry me. And she goes, is that a proposal? He's like, I don't know if you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you're like, yeah, what? Okay. Wait, wait, is that a yes or a no? Bruce Jenner. Yeah, Come on. By the way, Bruce Jenner only like back in his tax lawyer outfit and is only oh, right. in that crop top and jeans for like for the one, the one yeah. scene for the one New all York. the stuff at the ymca i forgot to mention him they put him and gutenberg together for a lot of scenes because they're like the dudes right so yeah, they're like they're the we men. know we know men. sports so they're playing squash <laughs> yeah. love it playing squash they're playing table tennis in velour tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> while while Valerie just watches, just watches getting just her watches getting a massage, yeah. massage. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and yeah, basketball and all that. So so he's so he's got some other costume changes in the YMCA, the 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 sporty stuff. But yeah, yeah, but now he's back here in his in his suit, ostensibly because his uh, old boss from the the law firm schlepped his way out to San Francisco. Right. Didn't tell him and just shows up backstage and is just like, and I'm giving you your job back with which is benefits. which again, total plot line, plot hole right there. Yeah. Like, why are okay, great, you're back. It's great. very like Wizard of Oz ending, like and what's that you say? <laughs> you need a job. <laughs> I've I've got one for you. It's um, also that like change of heart that is like prompted by literally nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Except Why? that he was like, I was thinking, and yeah, and uh, I've decided to give you your job back. But he he makes him a part, a managing partner mm-hmm. of entertainment, um, which again, not a uh, is that a thing? Because they were a tax. I was gonna yeah. say like tax. He was a tax lawyer. Who are yeah. interchangeable? I mean, into being entertainment an, an entertainment lawyer. Not so, really a thing. Not really a thing if his, you ask a lawyer. He will be the village people's uh, entertainment lawyer slash he can do their taxes. Tax attorney. Yeah, Tax attorney. Sure. Well, because that, right. that big wig right. guy was all proud of uh, the other musical acts that, that he had, you know. <laughs> Rogers and Rogers Hammerstein. And Hammerstein. <laughs> George yeah. Gershwin. So he, he knows from, from the biz. But uh, yeah, so – 
We you, end on Can't Stop the Music. We end on Can't Stop the Music. And I love that they got... They got all of the ladies to come out. They got all those yep. gals mm-hmm. to, to get up on stage. All the girls. All the girls. I also... Uh, we ha- I had to laugh because in an earlier scene, when they're in the recording studio, ostensibly rehearsing this number... Yeah. Every... Because Lulu's the choreographer, right? In this? <laughs> yeah. Isn't, isn't she the choreographer? <laughs> and they're struggling with the choreography. But then you watch it and it's like, you can't yeah. stop. The, it's like just it's pretty simple. arm gestures. But earlier they're like, <laughs> and also like, And also like, why do we need choreography for just like a recording and a in a, like a sound exactly. studio but but then you see the choreography and you're like this is literal like pageant yeah dance <laughs> troupe like nine-year-olds in a mall just going yeah. like point step X, change yeah step, ball, change, and they're and they're just i just love that in an earlier scene they're like what is this weird choreography we're doing yeah yeah love it i also i also love the fact that in the Sorry. It's very clear. There are no windows, no air circulation in this basement Studio 54 yes. bear trap. And and they drive out a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm just inhaling like, those fumes. Like, Is everyone okay? Is everyone going to die? What's going on? Now, now, the, now the performance has turned into goddess mm-hmm. <laughs> from showgirls. <laughs> Uh, well, my my uh, uh, my my dad reminded me that around this time there was a movie with Kiss that okay. came out, um, and uh, and he was saying, you know, it's like it's like the the thing about these movies was just getting these groups to sort of be very performative yeah, and like yeah. push the envelope and stuff. So when I saw the motorcycle come out, I was like. Oh right, yeah. Okay, this is like, it's just all for show. It's yeah. all for show. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. That space that they were in for this la- for this final performance is just like, what is this? This dark black room with it's, it's so it in San Francisco too of all yeah. places. And I was all like, of, this li- it literally looks like a giant Studio Fifty Four. And all of the extras that they got for the scene, yeah, too so many. Did yeah, they answer so- like a radio ad? They filled that room. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess, you know, maybe they were promised on a summer and then, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got the village like, and we got the movie of the village people, oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Like, who are these faggots? Yeah. So, uh, uh <laughs> their final, uh, glitter costume looks though. They're like final, uh, evolution. I do love that Felipe's full look is pink. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pink glitter. Is beautiful. His little, his yeah. little pink booties. Yeah. The amount of like jingle bells that he had on just, all of his j- costumes, just jingling as he's walking around in a scene. <laughs> right, right. Especially when he like uh, early in the movie when he like he's talking to her and he keeps turning back. He's yeah. like, going up the going up the thing and you uh, going up the stairs and he's just he's just here. Ching, ching, ching. Yeah. And he turns and he says something. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> and you see him um, and you see him bend over in that scene and you can see how high cut those cutoffs are yeah. that you can fully see the bottom of his cheeks those were daisy dukes yeah very much <laughs> i i love i do love the last sequence because it's actually kind of like the samantha scene it was like i just i love those in club scenes because yeah. that's that's again such a time capsule of what these movies were and like what this what they loved so much about this culture and like what's so cool about that end scene is like 
And again, shout out to Shout Factory, the restoration, yeah. the colors of the lights and the way that it reflected off of the the dot, the jewels. And it was just, I was like, wow, this is real. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get, I get disco. I get disco. It's just so, it's none of that, you know, Saturday Night Fever, Vaseline on the lens mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. It was mm-hmm. like clear, in your face, shiny, bright. Your eyes hurt. It was so good. It was yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this was supposed to be the first in a three-picture slate for Carr. And the other movies that they were going to do would, would have been Chicago and the Josephine Baker story starring Diana Ross. Oh, could you imagine if Could you imagine if Alan Carr would have produced a Chicago? <laughs> I think we got pretty close with the Rob Marshall <laughs> Right. production. I think that got pretty damn close to, yeah. to an Alan Carr version. A little, it would have been a little more show business. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. It would have been, but oh my god, in the Josephine Baker, that would have been great. Yeah, Diana yeah. Ross would have been good in that. Yeah, because she was doing her. I mean, she did The Wiz two years before this came out. So, and she had done Lady Sings the Blues, I think. So yeah. that would have been. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. that would have made sense. I'm just wondering, you know, in the Alan Carr Chicago, if it would have been like Sally Struthers as sure. Roxy Hart. It's like 1982, 1983. <laughs> like, who would we have got? We're going to really push Sally for that Golden Globe. <laughs> they would have, they would, <laughs> uh, yeah, or, or Cher. Cher well, would have been, that uh, been uh, the, Velma. Yeah. And, uh, um, Bruce Jenner probably would have been recast as uh, <laughs> Billy Flynn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If this would have been a success, this would have kicked off. We'll give him, you know, a we'll career. Give, we'll for, give Bruce some singing lessons. Oh goodness! I I love. I, I okay. I don't love how this movie failed, but again, right. like we were talking about at the beginning, I love that it was like a perfect. It literally was the sweet spot moment of like. Like it literally was at the crossroads, yeah. and then everything just fell down. It was like yeah. again pre pre AIDS disco had pretty much died, and then people saw this and was like, "Nope, we're good." Yeah, but yeah. that whole summer too of the death of the movie musical of Xanadu and the Apple and this. But what I also love is that it did so bad that Alan Carr then was like, "I got it." Grease too. We're gonna bring back Grease. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna bring back Eve Arden, and we're gonna put you know all these hot people in it, and yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer's my new Olivia Newton John Muse, and then and then that was as you guys talked about on the pod. It that pretty much same, ended Alan same, Carr in his movie yeah. career. Crazy, crazy. I was like, but he was riding high so much just on Grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that he couldn't accept failure, and then this movie happens. This movie made like only a million dollars, like one point six or something. Yeah, (sighs) (laughs) I can see how people would hear, like a mainstream audience would hear Village People songs on the radio, and you know Macho Man and YMCA and all that, and you know my my. My mom was very into disco music and she said that her and her and my mom and my dad and, you know, their friends would go out to nightclubs and like disco dance and all that stuff. And they loved it. and It was a party and everything. But I can also see where maybe this movie would be a little bit too much. Sure. Yeah. And um, I, re- I t- was talking to um, 
my mentor who's who remembered like being in New York around the eighties and, mm-hmm. and saying like, no, when disco died, it literally was overnight. Yeah, it yeah. was, it literally was the next day. Everyone forgot about it. it, it he, he said it was so incredible kind of, I mean like actually incredible, like yeah. how quickly it just dissipated from uh, uh, America and, or America's like, no, everyone just wanted to be so far away from it. Yeah. And so this movie becomes like a punchline. Yeah. Kind of. It kind of becomes like the punchline of the that era, which is sad. I mean, yeah. I think that even pre-1980, if th- this were to come out in 79, I still think it's still pretty laughable and hated, but maybe lands in a different sort of way. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it could... I think it could have had some respect a little bit if it were released around 77 as much as much yeah, respect yeah. as like skate town usa has i guess yeah i think <laughs> it's i and car wash and you know the because even, I, Z- even xanadu has a little bit of respect because yeah. it has really good music but i feel and like I, saturday night fever has a little bit more credibility and why is Os- that? Why Oscar does nominated. That, why does that movie have more credibility than any of the others? Well, I I, I think Scott's on to something. I think it was the Oscar nom, yeah. and, it, and it and it. I think I think the essence of like these movies, and why I think I think the timing was bad for this because it's. I think it is the music because yeah. for Saturday Night Fever it was Bee Gees, yeah, and or or I mean that the fact that that soundtrack was just played all the time so people knew it even mm-hmm. if they didn't see the movie so it became a phenomenon on its own um you know and and xanadu was just like elo it's just great music elo just, and, yeah. if, and if you're a huge fan of olivia too right right and she was sort of making that transition post Greece to mm-hmm. doing movies and um and i think can't stop the music yeah if it was released in like 78 i think it would have done well because the music is not bad yeah Yeah. it's actually pretty good at best it's not it's not cringy i mean (laughs) milkshake's a little cringy but it's like you know it could you could hear again magic nights is a banger yeah so (laughs) yeah yeah i think yeah, I mean this movie it's it's something. I mean, bless Alan Carr. He just wanted to put on a show. He just wanted he to, he just wanted to make he wanted, people happy. Uh, but he got it all wrong and as we know later from the Oscar ceremonies, um really backfired. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I yeah. love I love I think I and for those at home listening who have not watched Can't Stop the Music first, I think you should watch that and then watch the Oscar and then watch ceremony. the stars of tomorrow yeah we yeah. watch the stars and, of tomorrow every year understand. around the oscars like <laughs> yeah like watch can't stop the music then watch the oscar and then watch greece and that's like a good progression of the alan carr filmography sure, yeah i like it okay they or just too, so. they just took where the boys are off prime oh another oh, another one. alan carr masterpiece that is a very good one. I do like that movie a lot, so, secretly. So yeah, yeah it's got. <laughs> well, our, now I'm out. Our Lorna. <laughs> oh man, I mean this movie. There's oof. we. It's one of those movies that when I sit down and watch it, you're just on sensory overload, and you don't even know what to pay attention to, and you almost want to watch it again just because you feel like you missed a lot. 
You do miss a lot. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, I think I've seen this a total all the way through of like four times in my life. Cause I can, uh, I can only stomach it through that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. You notice new things and you also really notice the problems the more you watch yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you notice like this last time I really heard the dialogue, the weird dialogue and um, the inconsistencies, like the continuity issues. There's like the scene where they're getting drunk off Sangria, which Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like Bruce Jenner is reading his lines in one scene. It's very obvious. Or he. Or he. For, it, no, he's reading his lines, but then he also forgets a line, and Steve Gutenberg like talks over him, and they kept it in the movie. Oh jeez. And it's it's oh, it's man. just you see stuff like that, and you're yeah. just like, oh my god, yeah. This the scene that I noticed when revisiting it this time. It's the scene with where Valerie. And Paul Sand, when she first goes into his office, and it's like, this is a scene that could have lasted maybe 20 seconds. This is almost five minutes long. And they have that weird mm -hmm. exchange where they're talking in song titles while she's seducing him. Also, also she, like, shows up in that dress, and I don't know. This whole, like, she's a skank subplot, I just could not... Yeah stomach this time around i was like jesus christ like yeah i mean it's it suffers from a lot the i mean the direction being like Mm -hmm. one of the probably main things that kind of took it in in a weird into a weird place but but i mean it's still as far as bad movies go it's very watchable very you know, much. It's very yeah. watchable. It's something that you can actually sit down and just... Have people over and put yeah. it on. It's not one of those bad movies that's just like, I can't even finish this. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. No, it's fun. You can get yeah. through it. Yeah. It is so. fun. I mean, there are there are scenes that go on, but, you know, yeah, yeah. eventually, eventually, by the time you start to hate it, a new musical number comes on and you're like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, awesome. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, but... it. <laughs> It's it's a it's a time capsule, I guess, for better or for worse, of of a, a a brief brief moment in time when uh, disco was the future. Yeah, <laughs> disco and, was the future. It know, was pre pre AIDS. Yeah, nothing I mean, nothing could touch America. Yeah. for for this brief two hour period, they yeah. were they touch. were out to make singing in the rain for the disco crowd. I think that's what Alan said. Oh my gosh! Well, he he did he did something. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, we could talk about this forever, but I feel like, um, well, I, I know it's time to 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 probably wrap it up. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me yeah. again. This has been great. We yeah, need to get you down to LA on. sometimes. I sometime I know that you're really? planning a trip, but it didn't quite work out. But uh, we'll do it again. We'll fly out in our private jet. Exactly. Full of gold records. Yep. Yeah. I can't wait to. I can't wait to hijack and uh, talk about our contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I will come. I will come this uh, this fall when it cools down a little bit. Sounds so good. I can't Sounds wait. Good. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on, and we will you uh, so see you soon. Uh, time to say. <laughs> And 
thank you so much for listening, everybody. Fun episode. Fun episode. As always, always thanks again to Jackson. Um, hope We hope we can get him on again soon. But as of right now, I think it is that time. Oh, are you talking about Patreon shout-out? I think it's time for our Patreon shout-out. <laughs> we would love to say hello and thank you to Amy, Layton, Shelby, Merle, Jacob, Michael, Charlie, Heather, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emlamelli, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, John, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rafino. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you guys so much Thanks for so much. being on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for fun, exclusive content like a monthly newsletter, mm-hmm. sweet shout outs on every episode, and uh, a cool postcard. You can also access our Watch With Us commentary tracks. We pick a movie. We record our awesome and hilarious commentary as we're watching it and you can watch along with us you can sync it up to the movie and uh it's just like you're watching with the two of us so head over to patreon become a patron today we'd also love it if you would rate and review us on apple Podcasts. give us five stars it helps with those mysterious apple algorithms yes indeed and also uh write us a review we'll read it on the Mm -hmm. show we'll post it on our socials we love good reviews those are awesome we need a couple more of those. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts. It's easy, it's free, and it takes, like, no time at all. Smash those stars to the right. Yes, indeed. Uh, we would love it if you would head over to our socials and uh, like and share us there. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay at uh, Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> and we are on Twitter. At MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. My name is Pete. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And I'm Oscar Scott on Twitter and Scott Young Baller on Instagram and just Scott Young Baller uh, and just Scott Young and just Scott Young Bauer on Letterboxd. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.